0: Welcome to Hollywood Insider's podcasts. Do subscribe and feel free to visit HollywoodInsider.com for more. Hollywood Insider is a media network focused on substance and meaningful entertainment while being against gossip and scandal, so as to utilize media as a tool to unite and better our world by combining entertainment, education, and philanthropy. How to become a film nerd, a field guide to auteur-directors. You simply can't watch Martin Scorsese without understanding Jean-Luc Goddard. Written by Carolyn Adamek. What is an auteur? To put it simply, a filmmaker with distinct stylistic vision that exercises complete creative control over their films. Most often, auteur-directors appeal to independent audiences given the nature of their visions. An understanding of art house cinema or the act of being a film buff cannot be complete without comprehensive knowledge of auteur directors. If you're a newbie to the world of film, venturing into new territory with stylistic directors can be slightly intimidating. That's why I'm presenting you with a brief history of auteur theory, for context, and a list of five movies by some of the most notable auteur directors. Auteur was coined by Francois Truffaut in the Cahiers du Cinema magazine in 1955. It was the first term to credit the director of a film with sole creative vision, and was often used during the French New Wave to describe the work attributed to the directors of that time. However, auteur directors have permeated the film industry since the silent era, and continue to do so in modern times. The concept of an auteur is best examined in the context of a director's complete filmography, allowing for the thematic comparisons to be drawn over the course of the director's evolution. Even mainstream directors, such as Tim Burton and Quentin Tarantino, count as auteurs executing their creative visions. Without further ado, here's a list of introductory films from uniquely stylistic directors to help bridge your transition into the world of film. Only Son, 1936, directed by Yasujiro Ozo. Only Son centers around an aging mother and her attempt to reconnect with her only child after years of no contact. Many of Ozo's films revolve around themes of domestic life, marriage, family, and cross-generational conflict. Thus, Only Son is an excellent example of the way that Ozo approaches these narrative themes, as well as the stylistic elements of the films. Ozo often uses cinematography to position the viewer in the middle of a scene, opting for straight-on shots of the actors during conversational scenes. His use of static imagery as a transitional filler was also revolutionary for cinema at the time and showcases a departure from traditional transitions. Finally, Ozo invented a type of shot called the Tatami shot, characterized by its low angle, low enough to be eye-level with a seated subject on a tatami mat. Overall, Sun is very representative of Ozo's style as a director, both in visual elements and narrative themes. <laughs> Cleo from 5 to 7, 1962, Agnes Varda. Agnes Varda is one of the most influential female directors to emerge from the French New Wave movement. A photographer turned filmmaker, Varda uses her work to showcase the beauty in everyday life. Cleo from 5 to 7 succeeds in doing exactly this as it follows a young woman over the course of two hours as she awaits a diagnosis from a biopsy. Unlike traditional directors of the day, Varda preferred using non-actors shooting on location for their films. This enhances the realism of each of her films, an aspect that is influenced by her photography background. Her films often come from a feminine perspective, depicting women's issues during a time that all but excluded them from the media. In her revolutionary approach to filmmaking, Varda is one of the most influential directors of the French New Wave era, and definitely worth a watch if you're interested in documentary-style narratives shot as realistically as possible. c'est Stalker 1979, Andrei Tarkovsky. Andrei Tarkovsky was born in Soviet era Russia, which led to a constant battle between his work and the ideals of the Russian government. Some conspiracies even suggest that these differences led to his murder by the KGB in 1986, though his official cause of death is lung cancer. Tarkovsky's films tend to manipulate the viewer's sense of time with long cuts and slow pacing. Stalker is no different, clocking in at almost three hours long. However, the extra time that Tarkovsky takes with the films is never squandered, but instead used to ruminate on existential questions, such as the nature of humanity and morality. Tarkovsky also has a distinct visual style, often using transitions from black to white to color to represent symbolic points of the film. Stalker is a beautiful example of Tarkovsky at his finest, with its exploration of slow cinema, pondering of humanity, and visual style. Thin <laughs> Red Line, 1998, Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick's films are best described as abstract thoughts brought to life through visual storytelling. Malick himself is obsessed with religion, death, and existentialism, and these themes are reflected on throughout nearly all of his films. The Thin Red Line is most successful at combining Malik's questions about life with the brutal story of war and loss. The cinematography focuses heavily on the natural world, an ever-looming character in Malik's work. The beautiful poetic scenery is, in turn, juxtaposed with long shots meant to hammer in the destructive nature of humanity. The Thin Red Line also features a Malik staple, the voiceover. I want to come back to you, the man I was before. Voiceovers by various characters in the film demonstrate the nature of Malik's film perfectly by describing his existential questions through carefully written prose. Overall, the Thin Red Line is Terrence Malick's magnum opus, a rumination on existentialism made concrete through war-driven narrative. You ran right, my old lady! You kill her! I wanted to know I died like a man! Uncut Gems, 2019, The Safdie Brothers Odds are you've already heard this film as it garnered a lot of media attention during the Oscar season last year. But Uncut Gems is so much more than Adam Sandler's snub from the Academy. It's a visual depiction of the auteur and how it extends into the modern film industry. The Safdie brothers first received attention for their gritty crime thriller Good Time in 2017, but Uncut Gems marks the solidifying points in the artistic ventures of the Safties. The film features fast-paced editing with plenty of extreme close-ups, most often filmed in a handheld style, both markers that you're watching a Safdie production. The electronic music coupled with the neon noir aesthetic popularized a new wave of stylistic crime dramas, which the Safdie brothers are the forefront of. Uncut Gems is not only representative of the Safdie brothers' style, but also how the auteur theory continues to influence the most talked about films in Hollywood now. Do my research, these guys live near the whale mines which primarily is red opals, so which aren't worth- To wrap up, I completely understand how art house and independent film feels inaccessible to some. The history of film is littered with an intense, almost pretentious vocabulary that can scare away newcomers. Hopefully, this article helps to make a world of the auteur director seem easier to understand and provides you with a few films to use as a baseline when entering into new territory. Auteur theory continues to rule the film world around us, with the films of the 60s influencing even modern masterpieces. Welcome to Hollywood Insiders Podcasts. Do subscribe and feel free to visit HollywoodInsider.com for more. Hollywood Insider is a media network focused on substance and meaningful entertainment while being against gossip and scandal so as to utilize media as a tool to unite and better our world by combining entertainment, education, and philanthropy.